Hi, I'm Ethan Martin, producer and creator of World in a Story, and welcome to the very first installation of Silvertongue, written by Casey White, produced by June Yoon, and edited by Gilbert Tayonton. Don't forget to check us out on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and visit our website, worldinastory.com. This tale is performed by Jeremy Johnson, Katana Guina, Brian Boland, June Yoon, Kane Power, and John Skaggs. It's my pleasure to present you with Silvertongue. What did you say? John's ears burned as he looked up, still clutching his debit card. Um, I asked if you guys were still running this special on those shakes. I know last time I was here, it looked like a limited time thing, and... What are you doing? The clerk was staring at him, his green eyes narrowed. John drew half a step back, almost unconsciously. The clerk was still staring, beginning to scowl. John tore his debit card free of the machine, shoving it back into his wallet as he glared at the clerk. I'm trying to get a Big Mac. What's your problem? Are you insane? The man leaned over the counter, pressing himself closer to John until all he could see was green eyes and red hair. What are you doing? A manager sidled over to the two of them, fixing the cashier with an anxious smile. Greg, what's going on? (sighs) Nothing. Just helping this gentleman out. Greg's face snapped to a carefully neutral expression as he forced a smile. He shoved a plastic cup into John's hands a second later, along with his receipt. Look, don't be an idiot. I don't know what game you think you're playing, but you can't walk in here talking gibberish. Leave me alone. John stared at him, more confused than ever, but the customers behind him were already pushing forward. He stepped back to join the others waiting for their food, deciding to just ignore the odd man. John had a gift, or so he liked to think about it. He pieced it together over the years. To him, all languages sounded exactly the same, no matter if someone was blabbering on in French or chattering in Italian. It all came across as plain old English. His parents had been freaked out, understandably. It had taken a bit of doing to convince them that he wasn't just crazy, and as soon as they'd pieced together what was going on, they decided to keep it hidden. It wasn't as though he could actually speak Spanish and German and all those languages after all. The instant someone questioned what exactly was happening, the secret would be out. John went along with it, letting the secrecy become a habit. He enjoyed living a normal life too much to do otherwise. Sir, uh, I apologize. Uh, Here you go. Thanks. Tray in hand and his mediocre food steaming, John filed back to his seat. He could feel Greg's eyes on him the whole way, watching. His mind raced. What was the cashier's problem? Had John stuttered? And what had he meant gibberish? Maybe the man spoke a different language, sure, but why would that be a problem? Greg should have been happy that John had talked to him in his native language. Maybe a bit surprised or confused, but not angry. His reaction wasn't normal at all. John couldn't shake the feeling that something was wrong. Normally, he would have lingered, taking his time eating. With the feeling of Greg's eyes on the back of his neck, he just wanted to leave. He shoveled his cheap meal down as quickly as he could, hardly tasting it. His phone was lit up with notifications, friends and family all blabbering away, wanting to know where he was. When he'd be finished with the day's chores, could he pick up this grocery list for them, or finish that errand? John ignored all of them. The wrapper crumpled in his hands as he pushed himself upright, dumping the whole lot in the trash as he made for the door. The guy wasn't there. A bit of tension slipped out of John's shoulders as he saw the clerk station was being manned by a tiny, smiling brunette. Maybe his manager had finally taken him down a notch. 
The lights on John's station wagon blinked across the parking lot at him as he stepped out of the store. The cold air snapped him awake, bringing him back to reality in an instant. He was letting that guy creep him out for no reason. The guy was just a jerk, that was all. Just a bum trapped in his minimum wage job. Probably crazy too, he thought with a grin. Okay, asshole. His eyes squeezed shut as fingers buried themselves in his hair, pulling painfully. We're going to go for a walk. What the fuck are you- Shut up! The blade dug into his neck. He could feel a hot line of blood dripping down his skin. John's mind raced. This was insane. The guy really was crazy, like some kind of lunatic, the dangerous kind. There was nothing John could do to fight Greg as he turned the two of them, forcing them towards the back of the store. A dingy beat-up station wagon waited there, the lot unlit and dismally dark. John scanned for any bystanders even still, ready to bellow for help at a moment's notice. It was useless. There was no one around. No one was going to hear. Greg slammed him into the back of the car. John's face pressed painfully against the glass. How stupid do you think I am? What the hell are you talking about? What? You think you're being subtle? You'll just walk in talking the old tongue like you were born to it? And think I'll just roll over for you? Come on, dude. There's been some kind of mistake. It's it's just something that I can do, alright? It's not... His fingers pulled painfully at John's hair, not letting up in the slightest. Right. Like I'm going to believe that. John craned his head around, trying to get a look at the cashier. He didn't look convinced. I speak tongues, alright? That's all. I don't know what you heard me say. All I know is... How long until they get here? What? I'm not stupid. I'm not going to sit idly until they come to finish the job. How long until the rest of them show up? The rest of who? You know damn well who. He stopped abruptly, eyes snapping to the woods and the city beyond. John's heart leapt. The police. Yes. Someone must have seen him. Someone must have called the cops. He was saved. Greg let go of John's hair in an instant, leaping away. Without another word, he vanished into the underbrush of the woods behind the McDonald's. John fell into a crumpled heap, his heart still pounding in his ears. Tires screeched as the cop car pulled up moments later, a pair of officers piling out. One of the officers raced straight over to him, concern playing on his face. Sir! Sir! Are you alright? Can you tell me what happened? There was a, a, a man. John glanced back at the woods, but there was no sign of Greg. He just vanished. He had a knife. He was crazy. Thought I was speaking some funny language or something. The second officer gave him a look, confusion growing in his blue eyes. Why would he think that? I... I don't know. He'd said too much. His instincts kicked in, screaming, danger, until his mouth snapped shut. The cops were just... waiting, staring at him. I'm sorry. He couldn't meet their eyes. The thought of lying to the police sickened him. But there wasn't another way. His gaze drifted instead, needing to find something, anything else to look at. The flashing lights of the car drew his eyes in, holding his gaze. John froze. Well, I'm sorry you went through all that. It sounds like quite the night. Why don't you come back with us, and we'll talk about it somewhere a little safer. The officer's hand dropped to his belt. Neither of them was wearing a radio. There was nothing on his belt but a gun and a pair of handcuffs. The details stuck out like a flash of lightning shooting through John's mind. He took a step back. Look, don't worry. You're safe now, right? The insignia on their car was wrong. He'd lived in the town his whole life, 
and it was wrong. It didn't even have the right name on it. It just looked generic. He took another step back. The smiles were beginning to fade from their faces. It's going to be fine. Just take it easy, okay? We'll just go for a ride. He reached out, grabbing for John's elbow. John skittered away before he could get close, suddenly sure of two things. Whoever the two men were, they were not police officers. And he was in a mess of trouble. 